Hey everybody, this is Daniel Patrick, and this is another episode of Track by Track this week with John Reichman and his incredible album, Walk Along John. Also this week, September 26th, please tune in to the first ever Mandolins and Beer live stream where I'll be sitting down with Dominic Leslie, Thomas Castle, and Casey Campbell, and we are going to be playing tunes and, and talking, and there's been some, some confusion. I've gotten a few emails, so I'm just going to make it easy. First off, I want to thank everybody who's already donated um, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. You're really helping out some some people who have been affected by this COVID and not being able to to work in the in the way we've all normally worked for years. Um, so thank you so much for the donations. It's a ten dollar recommended donation. And again, if you've also been affected by COVID, donate what you can. All the links to donate are at mandolinsabeer.com. There's a link right at the very top to click for the live stream. Um, in the live stream, how we're going to do it, just to make it easy, um, it, it will be streaming on my Daniel Patrick Facebook page. It'll be streaming on the Mandolins of Beer Facebook page. I'm sure Dominic, Casey, and Thomas will also share it, so it'll be streaming on their pages. And then we will figure a way also to get it on Instagram Live. So those of you who do not have Facebook, I've gotten those messages as well, uh, you can watch it on Instagram. So that's the deal, and I can't wait. starts at 8 p.m. this Saturday um, so, and again, thank you so much for those of you already donated. It's, it's amazing. I really appreciate it. And I also want to thank Artist Works, who sponsored this week's episode of Track by Track. Artist Works is dedicated to providing anyone anywhere in the world with affordable, interactive access to some of the greatest music teachers in the world. Each hand selected Artist Works online music teacher brings many years of performing, recording, and teaching experience to players of all levels. Students at Artist Works have direct access to our robust lesson catalog that is ever expanding with fresh content. With the ability to loop and adjust playback speed, these online music lessons could be the key to unlocking your playing abilities. Through the patented video exchange learning platform, master musicians like mandolin legend Mike Marshall interact directly with enthusiastic players in an industry-unique social online learning environment. Mike reviews each video exchange submission that records a response, offering a specific guidance to take your playing to the next level. All students can access the video exchange library and watch each other's interactions with Mike. These video exchanges form the basis of an ever-growing, ever-changing online learning experience that is superior to a real classroom and provides the most convenient and effective way to learn online. Want to take your playing to the next level? Hey, who does not? Use promo code MBAW20 to save 20% on lessons at artistworks.com. Again, that's MBAW20. All right, let's get into the interview with John Reichman. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks to John for doing this. I uh, hope to see you all online Saturday evening. Shoot us some questions. Apparently, there's a big screen there at the studio, too, where we can read some of your, your questions and feedback. All right, cheers, everybody. All right, now I'd like to welcome back to the podcast for a track-by-track track episode, John Reichman. Hey, John, how are you? Well, I'm good. How are you doing, Daniel? Doing good. Doing good. Just, uh, you know, day by day. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and you were, uh, you're saying you're up in Vancouver, and you guys actually had even some smoke from that those West Coast fires. Yeah, their way. yeah. That's true. There was, yeah, the whole West Coast. I, I think that, I don't know how far south the rain went, but it rained today, and it's much better. Um, but it's really a, a sad thing. Yeah, it's crazy. It those pictures blow my mind. Just the uh, the haziness, and I mean, f- from like great distances away, even from the fire, just the way those winds work. It's a it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah it's true. I've been hoping to see some sort of aerial view of what what it looks like. 
but but it's better today here. So uh, hopefully it is farther south too. Yeah, that'd be great. Are you guys supposed to get rain for a yep. few days? I think so. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, well, one of the good things that, that that I've had in this downtime is the ability to uh, listen to lots of music. And one of the albums that was getting tons of listen anyway, uh, and always does, is the Walk Along John album, which I, I just from the day it was released has been just one of my favorite, most played albums. Uh, it's just it's phenomenal. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, no problem. So I'd love to uh, maybe talk a little bit ab- about the uh, about the recording and the process you were thinking about, and then we'll just kind of go track by track and maybe talk about each song a little bit. Sure. Um, well, I, it, it seemed like um, this is, I started it in 2011, and it had been, you know, several years since I had uh, done anything on my own, you know, under just my name. Mm-hmm. I, you know, lots of, lots of Jaybirds recordings, but, but uh, I guess, um, up in the woods was the last one before this. And so I just decided, well, I should just start and, and, uh, do it by just doing it at different studios with different musicians rather than like up in the woods was more, mostly the same, uh, cast of characters from track to track. But this one is, has duets and trios and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I just, you know, had a kind of a wish list of people to, to get and just started. And I love I love that it's different uh, arrangements of things too. I think it really adds to the listenability of the album. You know, where it's a full band and then a, a just a great mandolin fiddle duo recording, and it's got it all. Well, yeah, actually, part of that was like the first uh, two tunes on the record. Uh, it's been real and uh, Joe R's dream. They were done together with the same uh, musicians for the most part. And at one studio, and then the next tracks after that were going to be recorded at different studios. So I thought these duets would be kind of nice uh, palate cleansers that, sonically to uh, open it up for the next cast of a uh, whole band. How do you go about, I mean, because you write such great songs and there's so many incredible traditional tunes um, to pick from as well. How do you kind of decide what traditional tunes to, to throw on the albums? Yeah, just ones I like. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm a big fan of Bruce Malski and uh, Salt River was one he had recorded and I'd heard different recordings. And that's the, that's the tune that um, Salt Creek came from, I guess, originally. And uh, I heard a version of his and, uh, and liked it, but oh, this would be a cool one to do in a, in a small um, setting. So yeah. did that with a great, great Toronto banjo player named Chris Cool. How long was the uh, recording process all, all said and done? I guess it was it, it was about a year, maybe. Well, no, maybe it was longer than that. I can't remember. Maybe I think the first session was. I guess it was late in 2011, and then I wrapped up probably late in 2012, and it came out in uh, right at December of 2012. Oh, cool! Now, did you do uh, like solo band shows for this for this album too? Uh, just a little bit. One of the ensembles. Um, uh, we actually uh, that played on it. It was uh, Eli West. Who? Uh, oh yeah. Are you familiar with him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's a Seattle musician, and he played for years in a duo with a guy named Kahalen Morrison. Really great duo, and they put out three fantastic recordings. And uh, I had met Eli and Kahalen, and, and um, thought Eli'd be a good guitar player to use. And then a local uh, guy, guy who grew up in BC, named Trent Freeman, wonderful fiddler. 
and uh, another Vancouver-based musician, bass player Patrick Metzger. So we did some shows as a as a group. We were kind of touring semi irregularly. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, we did do some shows. Oh, cool! That's amazing. I've definitely seen some um, some live videos of the, the the Jaybirds doing some of these tracks here too, which I yeah. think is awesome. As a, the Deadly yep. Fox, I just got a mandola during all this time, and that's been one of my go-to uh, mandola tunes. And so I was just, yeah, right. Well, that one was tracked with the with the Jaybirds, and and uh, when oh. we were in California on tour, so that that's uh, I, I thought that would be a, the right tune for that band. Yeah, what a great song too. I love it, and it's so uh, those little open strings, the, <laughs> like the well, kind of drone. Yeah, get me, well, man. <laughs> That came about, I mean, if we, you just want to talk about some of the inspiration for these tunes, that one, uh, I think I had just been playing on the mandola and uh, after listening to Kehalen Morrison and Eli West, and they have these great original tunes, but are really based in old time music. And uh, it just, that, they were kind of the inspiration for that tune, I would say. Yeah, I love it. That's the one bummer with the, uh, you know, the digital world's all great for having access to all sorts of songs, but like liner notes and trying to find yes. like it's it's just a drag um mm-hmm. you know what do you do though <laughs> yeah, i wish they could figure a way I when know. you bought something on itunes that that would just download some do i guess a digital booklet but um yeah you know they don't make it easy to find it when they do do that you got to hunt all over for it so i just i was just at my brother-in-law's house and he had the original uh, david grisman rounder record oh, wow. uh, the lp and I was look, reading these notes, and it, like I hadn't read the back of an album cover for so long, but it was just <laughs> so fun. Oh, it was the best, man! And like when you'd get albums when they started, when they put the lyric sheets in there, and you just sit there and you would just sit and listen and read yeah. words. And oh my gosh, I miss all that. It's uh, yeah, you know, I, mean, I know. Yeah, I, I just interviewed uh, uh, Ethan Satiwan, and um, he's got yeah. all his stuff on Bandcap. He's got all the credits out, and it's. It's great. It's like even even like uh, for those of you who might want to know, here's what I played on the album. Like, yeah, this is great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. So let's kick it off here. The first tune, It's Been Real. I'm not familiar with the name the uh the, I'm kidding obviously Chris Thiele. Oh yeah, he's, a, he's a, yeah, he's you know, I thought I'd, you know, help him out a little bit. Yeah, you know, he's that's coming nice. along pretty good. So, yeah. uh, so I thought I'd give him a little bit of a boost in his career. Yeah, that was a good idea. No, it's really I, nice. <laughs> I actually I I met Chris when he was 7 at a festival in Southern California. And uh, I didn't know about him, but it, someone came up and said, "Oh, you got to meet this this guy, this kid, Chris Thiele. And he came up and he played this um, kickoff I had done on a good old person's record that was um, pretty pretty uh, complicated. You know, it was like a chord melody thing. And he says, uh, in his little voice, says, "Is this how you did that?" And he pretty much nailed it. And uh, so we became friends. And we, you know, he lived in Southern California, and I was in Northern California. But we'd see 
he and his family at, at all the festivals and jam pretty regularly. And um, he really liked this tune, It's Been Real, that I wrote, that was on the first Good Old Persons record that uh, I was part of. And um, he, he learned that. And he actually, he recorded it with his dad on a cassette when he was eight or nine, I think. So I, and I have it somewhere. <laughs> I got to find it. Oh, that's amazing. But, uh, yeah, so he he always played the tune, and he played some of my other tunes, and uh, you know it was great to watch him just develop. And um, I bumped into him at the Hardly Strictly Festival right around when I was starting this uh, record, and I said, you know, I didn't want to, you know, take advantage of our friendship, but I said I'm making this record, and I'm going to record it's been real. Would you be interested in playing uh, like a duo thing on it? And he was like totally excited and into it. It's very 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 uh happy guy and and uh so the band uh was that recorded it was uh sam grisman on bass and jim nunley who used to be in the jaybirds on guitar and the great mike barnett on fiddle oh yeah and i, I yeah and i was really happy to hear you do the shout out for for uh mike's gofundme uh, campaign absolutely he's man. uh you know fa- facing some hard uh, rehabilitation. So, uh, so I appreciate that. Absolutely. I mean, it's the least I could do. I've met him a couple times. Um, just like, kind of like, Hey, how you doing? And he was always just the nicest person, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's a good guy. And it was really fun recording with those, you know, the bass. So we, we recorded it and left a hole for Chris to play and then sent it off to him. And, um, it was, it was really fun just playing it before Chris. And then, uh, Chris said, "Okay, I'm ready to record." And I had told him what I wanted him to, uh, you know, the ensemble parts, and you know, left the hole for him to solo. And he played a harmony to me, and it came back, and I just couldn't believe how good it sounded. <laughs> and so, one of the great things, uh, it, this is in the liner notes, is that the duo, uh, the two mandolins, were two February 18th, 1924 uh, Lloyd Lore mandolins from the same serial number batch. So that's that's a pretty good mandolin nerd fact absolutely yeah there's no way uh lloyd lore could have ever pictured the fact that in you know we're talking in 2020 that just you know two of the greatest sounding mandolins by two of the greatest players are you know still just you know out there blowing yeah, people's pre- minds <laughs> it's pretty exciting and I, and i was just super pleased with what chris did you know it just sounds you know like he was in the room with us so so that was that was exciting, and I appreciate him contributing to the recording. It's amazing. And then, uh, and then next up is uh, Joe R's dream. You know who Joe R is? I don't. It's one of Bill Monroe's pseudonyms. It's one of his pen names. Oh, get out of here, really? Yeah, that's the name you see on Roanoke. And oh, probably wow. some others, but that's that's the main one. Oh, that's <laughs> hilarious. What is that name? Whose name is spelled A-H-R? But anyway, I, it's just a little, you know, inside uh, fact. And um, so I wrote the tune in D minor and the melody is 
really didn't go to the E strings. So I thought, well, this, I'll make this a little bit interesting. I'll tune it, the E's like the E's are tuned on the Get Up John tuning. Yeah. Uh, just those, just those two strings are retuned. So I, I, uh, I tuned the mandolin like that and sort of worked it in so it would feature that sound a little bit more. So it's kind of a, you know, Bill Monroe tribute, even though it doesn't sound like a Bill Monroe tune necessarily. And, um, and it was the same band as on It's Been Real, except no Chris. But instead of Chris, I asked my old buddy uh, Tony Trishka to play on it. Oh, awesome. I've known for, for years and just just fantastic player and the greatest guy. And, and so he, same thing, he overdubbed his part. Um, yeah, it, I think it definitely sounds like a Monroe sort of tune, actually. I was thinking that even today when I was listening to it this morning. And I'm like, this is uh, definitely kind of like a Monroe vibe anyway, I would say. So that makes total sense. Yeah, well... Yeah, I mean, I love Bill Monroe, and, and there's there's a lot of minor key mandolin tunes, and Sam Grisman sort of pointed that out. Yeah, they, everybody's got one. It's kind of like, I, I'm not sure if the mileage to Barstow, but David Grisman tune, mm-hmm. 18 miles to Barstow or 16 miles. Yeah. And, you know, it's got that same, I guess it's the, in this case, it's a, in the key of D minor, and, and the four chord is a is a, is a major chord. Oh, cool. G major or G G G dominant, so it gives it a certain vibe. I'm not sure what mode that would be, but anyway, that's that's sort of the basis of the tune. Yeah, I love all that stuff too. When just those little things, like especially when you're sitting down to figure a song out, and you just assume it's minor, and you're like, something's not right. <laughs> something's not right. Something's, <laughs> yeah, you find it. Right, you're like, right. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that. So anyway, those two tunes kind of like uh, went together, and then. Um. What's is the next tune? Uh, Walk along, John, to Kansas. where I first heard that but but it's I heard it and liked it quite a bit and um and early on I thought well I'd really love to do some recording with Bruce Smolsky I've been a fan of his from the first time I ever heard him play and he was going to be on the west coast uh, at a festival in Portland and uh my brother lives just outside of Portland so we went down and stayed with him and then went to the studio uh there and it was Ivan Rosenberg uh who's who's mixed a lot of it. He's a great dobro player from the West Coast. He recorded us, and we recorded like three, three or four tunes. I think only three of them made it to the to the CD, but but anyway, it was I played the mandola on that one. Yeah. So good. And speaking of so good, uh, the next tune, A Prairie Jewel, it is, this, this is like, I mean, I, I use this song all the time when we when I get hired to do like wedding processionals oh good it's yeah perfect man it's just so beautiful
thank you. I Absolutely. appreciate that. That that kind of just came appeared under my fingers. Um, I was on tour with the Jaybirds, and we stayed with a friend of ours who lives in. Uh, I guess it's there's a area of southern BC uh, mountainous area called the Kootenays, and he has a, a house there that out in the country. And we had a day off, so we stayed with him. And we he's a musician, and he. Um, we were just having a jam session and he had played the uh, Irish tune, Arthur McBride. Are you familiar with that song? Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. The the great version is uh, Andy Irvine and Paul Brady. I guess it's just Paul Brady actually on that cut, but the album is Andy Irvine and Paul Brady. And he had played that tune. And then right after that, I just played the sequence of those first three double stops. And, uh, and then it went from there. I, I, I remember that. And then the next day I just proceeded to follow up on that idea and it took shape pretty quickly. So I don't know if the fact, I, I kind of think of it as having a slightly Celtic vibe to it. And uh, that, that I guess the seed of it was playing Arthur McWright, even though it doesn't sound like that tune. Uh, right, right. It's just, uh, I mean, the first time I heard it, it just like stopped me in my tracks, you know, and it's just just everything about it, the tonality, the, the chord changes it's so well done well thank you i and that band uh that was the band i mentioned earlier with uh trent freeman on fiddle and eli west on guitar and oh. patrick Metz on bass they were just like the perfect uh band for that they just you know there's such a great open feel and there's such um such sensitive musicians they could they really brought it to life i think yeah it's just, you know, it's tough to get a slow song to stop you in your tracks sometimes, too. You know, like so many times you're listening to, you know, the radio or whatever you're listening to, and like a blazing solo comes on or a song comes on, and you're just like, whoa. But this one does it right off the get-go. <laughs> it was one yeah, of those ones where I was yeah. like, oh, I need to stop whatever I'm doing and listen to this song. Well, I remember, yeah, years ago thinking uh, Chris Thiele's first record came out, and the, the tune that really always... Uh, got me was I think it was a Peace River, oh, just slow tune on there. I can't remember the name of it, but I it's something either. like that. Yeah, shoot. something River. But I mean, the whole record's great. But that was just a beautiful piece, and the way the way it was played and the composition. And then we go into Indian Arm. Indian Arm. Um, that's a tune named for uh, uh, inlet here. I guess it's a fjord uh, in right in uh, Vancouver. And uh, I thought the name was evocative, so I just um, was written maybe around two thousand six, seven, something like that. Just you know, just playing the mandolin in my house, and it lived on a cassette for a long time. And when I was thinking of tunes to record, I thought, well, let's see if this one actually, you know stands up and uh, same band with uh, Eli and, and Trent and Patrick and uh, E minor. It was a pretty fun tune. And those two tunes, Prairie Jewel and that one, we played that uh, all live 
very close together with no baffling. Oh, wow. So we just, we, it's all live, but it's edited. So maybe the guitar solo is better from one take to another and, and that kind of thing. And um, that was a, at a studio here in Vancouver where they mostly do voiceovers, but they had this new gear they wanted to check out. So they invited me to come down and I put that band together. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, neat. When you take these songs in, do you have, do you have the music written out? No. Uh, I, we were fortunate enough to be able to rehearse at that particular group a few times. So they'd come over to my house and, uh, and we practiced the tunes and tried a few different things out, different arrangements and whatnot. And I recorded them and listened back. So I think we were at least, we rehearsed at least two separate times before we went in the studio. Oh. And they, you know, they're conscientious guys who did their homework. So <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. That helps. <laughs> Yeah, so I might have sent a MP3s of just the melody or or charts or something like that, but mm-hmm. um, that's about it. Nice. And then um, this one, the next one's like a slow version, uh, I believe it says for of Little Maggie, and then there's a, a, a another version at the very end. But I think, right. man, the tone at the very beginning in the sustain. on this slow version, just mind-blowing just how good it sounds, man. You know, for a recording, well, that, it too, it's just, wow. Yeah, I appreciate that. That was uh, recorded at my friend Joe Weed's place down near Santa Cruz, California. And uh, that that was exactly what I had in mind. I wanted to play something solo on the mandolin that just really showed what that mandolin was capable of tone, tonally. And uh, so... I think I recorded the, 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 the open rubato section and then went immediately into the faster section. I think I'll separate the two and just leave this as it is. So, um, so was, you know, was, he, he has a great studio and, and uh, he's a wonderful engineer, so he really captured that sound. And that, that sound of, of uh, hammering on and sliding and just keeping the sustain going as long as possible, that's, you know, one of the most satisfying things to me when I, when I pick up the mandolin, when I can just hear the tone. And I was, I was just playing my mandola doing the same thing. And it's, it's just great to get that sort of singing quality. Yeah. And you, and you get that singing quality. There's a lot of people, they could have, uh, they could have your mandolin and I, I'm guessing aren't going to get that singing quality that you are able to uh, bring out of it. You know, it's just it's well, so good. I, thank you. I, I, I think, you know, it's a, it's a great mandolin, but I think any, you know, combination of, it's a, it's a partnership between the player and the instrument. 
When you um when you record, do you have like a mic setup that you kind of like to use? Maybe not necessarily the the exact mics or anything, but kind of like a, a setup of microphones that you that you prefer. Well, it's mostly you know KM eighty four an Neumann KM eighty four pointed at the lower f hole. Oh, just a, just one mic. A, well, it, it depends. So, some sometimes I've I've used two. I can't quite. Re- I think on the first two tracks at Jim Nunley's, that was just one mic, and then uh, I can't remember <laughs> everything else. Oh, that's but, okay, uh, yeah. But that's 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 sort of my go-to mic. But you know, the mic I, I like I like the best in the studio is a uh, the Neumann KM54, which my understanding is that that's like a tube version of the 84, or you know, the 84 came later, um, and it you know. I guess the Traveler's record I made with Robin Bullock and Butch Baldessari. Yeah. Um, uh, the studio we, we recorded at. Um, anyway, that, that's where I first encountered that mic, I think. And it, it just really sounds good. And then we go into Salt River. River, um, that was well. Chris Cool from Toronto is a great old time musician and original songwriter. I'm just a fan of his playing, and we've uh, crossed paths a lot because he's you know we live in Canada, and, and there's a great um, music camp called Nimble Fingers where he's always on staff, and so am I. So so I've crossed paths with him many times, and thought it would be great to get him on a on a recording. And he was in Vancouver. So uh, I just booked a studio when we went in and, and he knew the tune and we just played it. And um, I, you know, I, it never occurred to me to have a duo with Clawhammer banjo and mandolin. But then I heard a recording of his where he did a duet with, with uh, uh, like an Irish uh, plectrum um, tenor banjo and, uh, and, and, and uh, Clawhammer. And it, it sounded really good. So I thought, well, the mandolin's kind of close to that plectrum-y sound, so so I thought, let's try this out. And, yeah, I'm really happy with that, how that came out. I love claw hammer, banjo, and mandolin together. It just sounds, I mean, I love, you know, I love, you know, other styles of banjo, yeah. too, but claw hammer, you don't hear it as much with the mandolin, I don't I don't think, anyway, the stuff I seem to listen to. So whenever I hear it, I'm just like, man, I love that sound. Oh, yeah. No, it's a, it's a, it's a great sound. Uh, and then the Deadly Fox, which uh, another track that I just love. Oh, thank you. I had mentioned this earlier, I guess, that it, it, you know, I was sort of listening a lot to Eli West and Kaylin Morris, and then they have, you know, original uh, songs and tunes, but, you know, heavily informed by old time music. And I was just kind of riffing along on uh, Mandola. And actually, this is my 
the technique I use is my take on applying the claw hammer sound to, to a mandolin or mandola. And it's, it's where you basically get that boom, diddy, boom, diddy, boom, bada, boom, bada, bada. <laughs> That's not a good, good illustration. <laughs> uh, a downstroke and then a down up. And so the basic melody falls on the first down and then the down up is on a drone string, whatever key you're in that, that is appropriate. And, uh, you know, I've written a bunch of tunes that kind of use that, te- that technique, like salt spring is one. Um, but that's that's the basically the technique I'm using for this melody because the, the melody itself is not terribly complicated, but if you get that kind of riff going on, it's very satisfying in a solo context. And uh, so I, I like the tune, and then I decided, well, I'll record this with a band, and uh, and I kept thinking about it more, and and uh, I thought, well, I'll track it with a mandola, and then play rhythm mandolin and maybe a mandolin solo. And, you know, the key of A seemed like a good key for that. Mm-hmm. I wrote it, I wrote it in G. So I, I put a capo on the mandola. And also, <laughs> if that doesn't make tuning challenging enough, <laughs> I had the bass strings, the C and G tune in octaves, which gives it a great kind of chimey quality. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I think all the, the mandola tunes on the record are, use that that's that uh stringing so, so they're in octaves yeah joe craven turned me on to that idea years ago uh he had a mandola set up like that and it's really great for mimicking the sound of a lot of different instruments but mostly um like the caribbean uh instruments like the cuban trace and the puerto rican quattro i really like that kind of music so it, it kind of can affect that sound very effectively and I think also for the Deadly Fox, I had the, the A chorus tuned down a whole step. So it was made a nice drone on top and then put the capo on. So it, so I spent spent a long time tuning. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Do you use different gauge strings when you do that? Yeah. Yeah, I, what I, I guess what I do is I put a D mandolin string on the C and um, an A mandolin string on the G on the mandola because the scale is because they're you the, the scale is longer so that seems to be a good good compromise and do you do you tune that one then up an octave or uh yeah up an octave yeah so the ones the thicker strings tune normal mandola tuning yeah. and the other ones tuned an octave up yeah, that's right. I'm doing that the minute we get done <laughs> yeah yeah you say it's really fun I'm for sure and, going to and, and, and check out the tuning your um, your A string down to G. So you, if you play stuff um, fingering wise that would be D on the mandolin, but you're on the mandola, so it's actually G. Yeah, oh. that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, cool. Nobody's falling asleep now. But. <laughs> ah, no way. <laughs> All right. Okay. Next up, we have side by E. of that on the uh on the album yeah actually just before that i realized after the fact that 
Little Maggie yeah. into Salt River, into the Deadly Fox. They're all kind of in the same mode, kind of this Mixolydian, minor mode. And it's almost like a medley, but they were done at three different studios. So that was why I sequenced them together like that. That's crazy. Sequencing is like the hardest thing in the world, I yeah. think. Yeah, it can, it's, you, you got to get the right one for sure. Side by Each is also kind of in that mode too. And that's a tune... Um, I, I listened to the to the track by track with Tristan Scroggins, which was great, by the way. But just how I guess recording ideas into your phone is kind of the the norm now, and that's that's where this came from. Uh, this tune, side by each, I was at the California uh, Bluegrass Association's music camp, and all the instructors have an opportunity to play a set on stage, so we had have a rehearsal. That day, and I was just sitting there with my mandolin, and that little first little bit came to me, and I just recorded it, and then went back months later and just shaped it into this tune. And I thought it would be a cool tune to do in this kind of old time setting with a, a mandolin fiddle uh, duo with with Bruce Malski again. Oh yeah, and we. And he really, he likes the tune. He every time we see each other, we play that tune now. Oh, so that's, that's that's neat. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah, is your phone just filled with voice memos of song ideas? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I have to go through it on occasion. And some of them are ideas I get when I'm walking. And I, you know, when I'm a mandolin, so I have to sing this part. And then I, I'd listen back and I said, what is that melody? That doesn't make sense at all. So now at least I kind of sing in our arpeggio so I can hear the key center of where I'm supposed to be at. Oh, neat. Yeah, I, I think you were telling me about that on the uh, when we uh, did the first podcast interview about how you would go on walks and record little vocal ideas for your tunes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite's the bathroom ones where you go into like a public bathroom just to like hum an idea and you, sure somebody's got <laughs> this guy's got to be crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I have one of those from from Ireland, I think. Oh, do you really? Yeah, but there's good <laughs> reverb, so absolutely. <laughs> well, the, the ones the ones I like the best that have come about that way. Um, stick with me. They, they just stay with me. Or I was on a long enough walk to get it fully uh, stuck in my head. So I've had a few get away from me and, uh, and get kind of bummed out about that. But, you know, just keep, keep plugging away at it. And then next up here is uh, Little Pine Siskin. <laughs> That's the that's, uh, tune that came about from playing the mandolin. And I think, you know, the, the inspiration for that is the traditional tune or one of the versions of uh, chinkapin or chinkapin hunting. Yeah. That, that it's kind of popular uh, nowadays in the kind of contemporary old time circuit or the new age old time <laughs> uh, fusion. Uh, and, I, you know, it's a, it's a pretty tune. And I liked the tune, and then I realized, I think it was the second part where I liked the, the change, where it went four to five, four to five, and there was hardly any one chord in it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the inspiration, but I didn't want it to 
sound too much like it. So uh, <laughs> I changed it around a bit. So, so I mean, the tune sounds like itself, I hope, and not like a chinkapin knockoff, but that's, that was kind of the inspiration. And I don't think I've done that very much, you know, taken an, an existing tune and tried to write a new tune from it. You know, speaking of liner notes, you ever read the liner notes to Bluegrass Instrumentals, the Bill Monroe recording? No. Where he talks about his inspiration for Tall Timber? <laughs> no. He's, he said he wanted to write a tune as close to Katie Hill as possible, but still have it be different. <laughs> so the... <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's classic. Yeah. Uh, Gold Mountain Blue is another. I mean, this album, it's just filled with great tunes. I, I sound redundant saying it, but I mean it. <laughs> it just is another great one. Yeah, that was the same ensemble that was on uh, Prairie Jewel and uh, Indian Arm. And uh, I didn't quite, quite know how to treat that tune, but I had written that melody quite a bit before this recording came about. And actually, um, for a Jaybird's record, uh, Trisha Gagnon, our bass player, suggested we try and write one together. And I had that melody, so I said, well, here's a good melody for a verse. And the song she ended up putting the, the lyrics to it uh, were, was called Gold Mountain, which is, uh, I think it's the Chinese reference to North America. The, the immigrants who came to North America in the, in the 1800s, they referred to, uh, I don't think it was just Canada. I think it was the whole uh, North American experience was they were traveling to Gold Mountain. And that's what the song's about. And then I, I but when I wrote the melody before this, song came about, I kind of thought of it as being sort of like a Doc Boggs type melody, like a country, country blues or, uh, or, you know what? And so I just thought, well, I'll go back and I'll just play that melody by itself and I'll call it gold mountain blues since it already existed in one form and another, another uh, song and, uh, played it with those guys. And we just played the melody over and over and just let it build. And then it dropped off. And it was, it's really satisfying because it gets intense and then it lightens up. And again, those guys were the perfect musicians for that, that particular uh, piece of music. And I also, so, well, I, uh, Ivan, who mixed a lot of the, of the record and also recorded several other tunes, uh, invited him to play Dobro on that too, which certainly fits. Oh, for sure. I just love the fact that like, um, you know, there's like different groups of these songs or different groups of people who played on these songs that all brought this different, you know, this like unique vibe that made them. But the whole album at the same time just still sounds, you know, so uniformed. And and um, like I would I would have never even guessed that Little Maggie and Salt River and the Deadly Fox would have been three different studios. And, you know, it just all sounds, you know, like you. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. I appreciate that. Ice on the dog water. Ice on the dog water. 
Ice on the Dog Water. That comes from a period of time uh, right around what I wrote, uh, Indian Arm. And uh, it was just a tune I had that I thought might be good to do with Bruce. And um, it was fun. He, he seemed to take to it pretty well. And the, the title came from, again, Trisha Ganyan, who plays bass with the Jaybirds. I called her uh, one time, and it was winter, and she said, oh, yeah, it's really cold out here where I live. There's there's ice on the dog water. <laughs> 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 great term. i got to write a tune for that. So oh, that's, that's the great. And, and I kind of think of it as either literally, you know, dog water with ice on it, or I think of a river called the dog water that has ice in it. I've got a dog. We, well, we got my wife and I got a dog about four years ago named Roscoe, and it's really been great. I mean, people ask me what I'm doing during these COVID times. I mostly am walking the dog. But uh, I, I'm trying to think of the right melody for uh, Roscoe's Ramble, but I, it hasn't quite come up yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a great title. So then we got, well, we side, side by each, the band version, and then uh, I guess kind of the last song, because then you... The very last track is the uh, Little Maggie, but um, is it Anissa? Anissa's lullaby? Yeah, Anissa, yeah. daughter's uh, my granddaughter's name Anissa and um, she was just born right around the time when I was making the record so I had that melody around for a long time but it seemed like a lullaby and my daughters are actually uh, my stepdaughters I I, uh, came into their life when they were both three and six so I wasn't around babies so much but all of a sudden there's this new granddaughter baby which is a whole different experience than I'd been used to so I thought well name this tune for her Oh, that's awesome. Beautiful song. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I like it. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. Did we, so that's a little Franciscan. I didn't really talk about the band for that and that the faster version of Side by Each. all about that's essentially the same rhythm section with uh kenny smith on guitar and uh eric tureen on bass and then annie stananitz who's a great uh west coast fiddler plays in the kathy Callick band she played fiddle on the faster tunes and then sally van meter played on that final one so that was that was uh recorded in denver uh kenny and amanda smith's band were on tour out there playing a festival and the Jabers were playing another festival, so that after the weekend we got together in this great studio in uh, in Denver uh, called Mighty Fine Studios, I think. And that was done with a KM eighty five on the mandolin, which I thought sounded really good too. Um, I don't know what the I don't know what the difference is, but but I was happy with that. And it was I I'd never I barely met Kenny before, but I just I guess to make a short story long, uh, he was going to be out at Wintergrass and I saw that I thought it'd be cool to record with him he's a great player and gets great tone and it, it didn't work out for Wintergrass but then we stayed in touch and and I our schedules lined up in Colorado so we 
recorded there. And Eric is based in Colorado, and I'd always loved his bass playing. And Annie is just a great um, fiddle player. She's uh, subbed in the Jaybirds a few times. She's a real strong old-time fiddler and, and uh, traditional, you know, Benny Martin-style bluegrass fiddler. So that was a fun ensemble. And then we added um, Nick Hornbuckle on banjo to, to uh, Little Pine Siskin. And then uh, Patrick Sauber, who I'd mentioned earlier, I think, um, plays guitar with the Jaybirds. He's also a great banjo player. And this is... Uh, one that he played banjo on. And then Alex Hargraves played harmony fiddle to Annie. So it's a, I, I love the bluegrass twin fiddle tune. So I thought I didn't have another tune, but I thought this will sound like a different tune because it's such a different uh, treatment. Oh yeah, for sure. Actually, in, Talk, talking about side by each. Yeah, yeah. actually, um, when I first, I, I would have never, when I first got the album, I didn't even realize, you know, after probably after a few listens, you know, that it was the same tune and then till looking at like the song titles there, I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. It's, it was really interesting because I, you know, with Bruce, it didn't really matter what the chords were. Chords were most mostly playing melody together. But, um, I got this, uh, text from Alex when he overdubbed the fiddle. He says, is the, is the five chord minor or major? And, uh, I didn't really know what to do. So I told him minor, but then I realized later that the guitar and the banjo are kind of playing major and I, was kind of stressed and I thought ah, it sounds good I don't care <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's the that's you know the final outcome is what you're looking for is it sounds good right <laughs> yeah 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 oh, it sounds kind of you know it's it's a good you know bluegrass old-time mashup oh it's great to hear that you know Alex who's an absolute monster had to text and be like hey is that major or minor because me gives me some hope <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe that's what he was hearing. Is like the melody was more minor sounding, but the accompaniment was had the the major third in it. But that's you know, that's we, that's like Foggy Mountain Breakdown, right? When uh, Lester Flatt played an E major to the E minor sounding banjo lead. Right. right. Yeah. Again, just those little tricks, man. And it just you're like, yeah. What is it? And it's you know, it's simple. It's something as simple as. You know, just changing it from major major to minor or minor to major, and it's amazing. Right, music, yeah. man, I love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Well, awesome. Well, man, it is it is definitely uh, definitely one of my all time favorite records, and I think a lot of people when I started mentioning the um, the track by track stuff, and if anybody had any recommendations, this album came up multiple times in emails. And, oh, that's great, and from Patreon. Well, well I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad to hear it, and uh, folks who like it should. Stay tuned for this next solo recording. I've been slowly working on this year. It's gotten slowed down even more with uh, with COVID, but it's in a way conceptually, it's it's very similar to Walk Along John. I mean, new tunes obviously, but but it's with different musicians in some different studios. So um, I'm excited about trying to get that out. Hopefully by the end of the year. Oh no, kidding! Really? Yeah. Cool. Well, man. <laughs> we'll see. Right. We'll right. see. I, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I, I kind of have to rethink things a little bit because I can't get to some of the studios uh, I wanted to use. But we'll we'll see how it goes. I mean, I'm not going to rush it just to get something out. Sure. But uh, I, I think I'll just, I'm just going to stay focused on this, and hopefully that'll happen. Oh man, that's exciting. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to tell when I'm excited, but I am. Trust me. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um, I guess um, real quick on the the instruments. Um, what's the mandola used in? And obviously, the lore was used on it. But any other uh, instruments yeah. you want to mention? Uh, well, it was all all the mandolin is my my Lloyd Lore, mm-hmm. and the mandola is was made by Lawrence Smart, who's just great great builder, and especially mandolas like. I play one. Uh, Mike Marshall has one. Chris Thiele has one. Joe K. Walsh, just uh, Nick Forster. So he seems to have kind of made his mark with the mandola. Yeah, Not, holy cow. I mean, I mean, his mandolins and mandocellos, octave mandolins, they're all great, too. I love the mandola. That's like my new just favorite sound. It's just so, uh, I don't know, something about yeah. it. It just like grabs me every time I hear it. Yeah, it's, it's nice to have the, those lower tones accessible. Yeah, and I'm about to change strings <laughs> to try that octave tuning, man. Yeah, I guess the blues guys, uh, some of the blues guys would do that on mandolin too, put the bass strings in, in octaves to get that kind of shimmery sound. Oh, wow. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. And also that, that tuning it tuning it to the, I guess the mandola equivalent of, of G-Dad on the mandolin, just that same pattern. Tuning the A down to G, that's that's a cool sound too. Yeah, man, I'm gonna been a monkey with that um, immediately. I'm so excited. Just, <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good. good. Yeah. And, uh, well, man, John, thank you so much for doing this. It's uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you and 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 have you take the time. I really do appreciate it. Well, I I appreciate you uh, having the interest, and uh, I, I really enjoy the podcast. It's been great checking out some of these new mandolin players I hadn't heard before, and then also hearing some old friends. So thank you for that. All right, there you have it. John Reichman, what a great guy. I, man, I love that album, as if you probably couldn't tell there. Um, hey, this Saturday, the 26th, tune into the live stream. It's going to be on my Facebook and the Mandolins and Beer Facebook, and I'm sure Dom and um, and Casey and Thomas will also be sharing it, and we'll try to find a way to get it live streamed on Instagram as well for those of you who uh who don't use the face space. Talk to you soon, Al. Cheers.